This WBEZ podcast is supported by Hacia, whose Executive Fellows Program provides Black and Latinx business owners with real-world tools and strategies needed to master fundamental management concepts related to company stability and growth. Registrants learn through one-on-one executive coaching sessions with subject matter experts in the areas of finance, business development, operations, and legal. More info at HACIAWorks.org. This WBEZ podcast is supported by Ravinia, with over 100 concerts under the stars this summer, including Daryl Hall and Elvis Costello, Nora Jones with special guest Mavis Staples, the Beach Boys with special guest John Stamos, Shaggy and TLC, Jason Isbell and the 400 Unit, the Chicago Symphony Orchestra, and more. Their 30-acre park is nestled in a gently wooded area. Bring your own picnic or eat at one of the park restaurants. Tickets available now only at ravinia.org. Nine months after he took office, Mayor Brandon Johnson is making good on a campaign promise to end the city's contract with the gunshot detection system known as ShotSpotter. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. Last August, the inspector general found that ShotSpotter, rebranded as Sound Thinking, rarely leads to evidence of gun crimes. Since then, the Cook County State's Attorney's Office found it has only a minimal effect on prosecuting gun violence cases. Now, ShotSpotter has also come under fire from activists who say it leads to over-surveillance of black and brown communities. But proponents of the gunshot detection system say that without it, police officers and first responders will struggle to help Chicagoans facing gun violence. I sat down with WBEZ criminal justice reporter Chip Mitchell for more about what the change means for the city and what we know about why city officials are ending the contract now. Well, the mayor's office, they issued a short statement yesterday, and there's not a lot in that statement. Um, During his campaign for office a year ago, Mayor Johnson promised to pull the plug on ShotSpotter. He talked about it then. Um, He talked a lot about the human error associated with it, as he put it. And police accountability activists back then uh, who see the system as as a a tool to over-police black and brown neighborhoods, as you said, they rallied behind Johnson's promise to disconnect ShotSpotter. It was something that helped him galvanize support, I would say, on on the left here in Chicago. And the city's nearly $50 million contract, as I mentioned, it's set to expire uh, this Friday, but the contract's going to stay active until the end of September. Why? That's right. Uh, the mayor's statement yesterday didn't explain why. Um, the widespread assumptions were that it had something, that timing in September with the coming summer. It's a time of year when gun violence is usually the most intense. And um, Sasha also uh, with the Democratic National Convention coming here in Chicago in August. Right. Now, our sometimes colleague, Fran Spielman, she later spoke with a mayoral aide, and he said the delay was actually requested by the police department, and it's to make sure that they have time to transition or in an orderly way um, internally. Um, they have these these tech nodes in uh, many stations now, and ShotSpotter is a big part of them, along with other forms of surveillance. Yeah, Mayor Johnson has said the technology is, quote, unreliable, and it's overly susceptible to human error. Talk us through that. How so? Well, um, there have been um, at least two studies by public entities here in Chicago um, uh, about sh- uh, sh- ShotSpotter's efficacy. One was by the city inspector general's office a few years ago. The other just recently by the Cook County State's Attorney's Office. 
Now, what they found basically was that the system rarely produces documented evidence of a gun crime. So the cops show up and and it doesn't actually lead them to make arrests that will uh, uh, hold up, you know, it, lead charges and that will hold up in court. Um, and that was actually the, the main purpose uh, for starting ShotSpotter in the first place and mm -hmm. getting it going in 2018, Sasha. Yeah, and we've had mixed reactions, of course, to the decision. Several older people supporting the mayor in the move. They're referencing that killing of 13-year-old Adam Toledo back in 2021 to underscore really how the system has, uh, quote, escalated police violence in our communities. Remind us what happened there two years ago. Oh, yeah. I, Adam Toledo, he was a 13-year-old in Chicago's Little Village neighborhood. It was 2021. Um, a Chicago police officer was responding to a shot spotter alert. He um, ended up chasing Adam Toledo into an alley, and he shot the teen in the chest. That was just a split second after he had, uh, the teenager, Adam Toledo, had dropped a hand, got and raised both his hands in the air, and that was all on body, body cam video. And I, when I say split second, it was... Uh, a fraction of a second. Mm -hmm. So that led to a lot of questions um, uh, starting in 2021 about how effective ShotSpotter was and whether it actually hurt neighborhoods that had a lot of shootings more than it helped them. Mm -hmm. Yes, there's pushback, right, from, from other members of the city council. We know last month, 29th Ward Alderman Chris Taliaferro uh, and 12 other members they sent Superintendent Snelling a letter showing that the software was, uh, quote, critical to locating victims, end quote. So how are aldermen supportive of this system reacting to the decision? Well, I, I'm not sure that the mayor has anywhere near a majority of the 50 aldermen supporting him on this. Chris mm -hmm. Taliaferro is, is, is generally seen as kind of down the middle, he, um, and uh, he chairs a committee. He's, he's a, a mayoral ally, um, and, and he wants shots. He's a former police officer. He wants ShotSpotter shot to stay in place. But I would say, too, Sasha, my uh, my reading here of the reaction at this point, there ha I wouldn't say there has been a huge groundswell of outrage um, from either city council members or community members. Um, you know, the community split on this, but um, um, I, I don't think we've had like this big tidal wave of outrage mm -hmm. about this decision by Mayor Johnson yet. I'm also thinking about the fact that the, the mayor handpicked police superintendent Larry Snelling, who as we know, has been a, a vocal supporter of ShotSpotter, even recently talking about how it's it's critical to, to solving crime here. How Snelling responded to this move? Well, we haven't heard from him since yesterday. Um, that's true. He he didn't make it a secret that he wanted the ShotSpotter contract to stay in place. Um, but this is somebody who respects authority. Um, he's made that clear. Um, he was he was appointed by the mayor to serve in this position, and uh, we don't know how he feels personally now about it. But um, he seems to be uh, willing to carry out um, the mayor's wishes and to get ready to transition the department um, away from ShotSpotter. CPD um, so far is referring all questions about this matter to the mayor's office, Sasha. So we're not getting any comment from CPD. Uh, tell us more about how much. Chicago police really do rely on ShotSpotter, Chip. I mean, how has it helped them in years past? Well, it's interesting, Sasha. I, I mentioned those studies finding that ShotSpotter has not made a big difference for solving gun crimes. Um, in recent months, we've actually seen a lot of the justification for ShotSpotter shift from a crime-fighting tool 
um, to its role in speeding up the arrival of police and other first responders to people who've been shot and getting them medical care. Um, so uh, that's, that's, that's quite a shift and it's interesting. Um, a lot of the gunshots in those neighborhoods, I'd say it's not insignificant either because a lot of these gunshots, um, they never lead to 911 calls and that's due in part to a lack of trust um, in the the same authorities in a lot of the communities that have a lot of gun violence. Yeah, that's a, that's the big question is like how accurate has ShotSpotter actually been? Well, the, the company says it's 97% accurate. Um, there's a lot of anecdotal evidence that ShotSpotter has a hard time distinguishing gunshots from fireworks. Um, there, it's it's really hard to have any other number on that on accuracy besides what the company says. Mm-hmm. One data accountability nonprofit, that's the Lucy Parsons Lab, helped bring a class action suit against the technology system. What did they claim? Yeah, the suit was filed in 2022. The main claim is that ShotSpotter um, ends up subjecting individuals, um, community members, to unwarranted police stops. Um, That means you're not supposed to be stopped unless a police officer has a reasonable suspicion that a crime is afoot. And if there is a stop just because, oh, there was a shot spotter alert and we're here now three minutes later and you're standing here, um, put your hands up, let's pat you down. That's a violation um, of the Constitution. Um, um, That's the claim of the class action lawsuit. Yeah. Well, you heard from Elizabeth Mazur, who's the, the plaintiff's attorney in the in the suit. She says that they'll press ahead with evidence discovery until ShotSpotter is disconnected. We don't know. There may be contingencies in the future that cause the mayor to backtrack or reconsider his position. You know, what we have today is just an announcement and nothing legally binding. What's the takeaway here, Chip? Well, a takeaway that I have is it's some leverage uh, um, over the city. I don't know how much leverage, but it's some leverage to, um, to uh, 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 try to keep Mayor Johnson to keep his promise, stay on the plan to disconnect ShotSpotter in September. Um, one Another thing is if evidence discovery continues, it could be awfully interesting what comes out about the city city's decision-making about ShotSpotter and maybe some um, new information about its accuracy and its usefulness. Mm-hmm. What uh, Chicago communities would you say w- will most feel the impact when ShotSpotter is no more? Well, there, it's it's about half the city that is covered uh, by ShotSpotter. These uh, their uh, sound detection microphones feeding into a system. They're in about half the police districts, and and those are the districts that um, generally they have the most gun violence. And so um, ShotSpotter has its largest effect, uh, whether positive or negative, in black and brown neighborhoods. Sasha, that's how it. That's basically how it breaks down racially. Now, one community member, Father Michael Flager, he's the pastor at St. Sabina, which is a church in a south side neighborhood with a lot of gun violence. He's for the gunshot uh, detection software. I want to play a little bit of what he had to say. If it has saved even one life to me, uh, that's 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 valuable. And and I think anybody would say that if it was their son, their daughter, their loved one. Are you hearing from other community members who feel the same way? Yeah, um, I, I wasn't. Uh, Father Flager actually, um, he hosted 
a big public forum um, uh, involving a, a pub public commission at his church last week. I wasn't there, but I, I watched tape of it. And yeah, there were other people voicing this fear, and, and including um, this concern um, uh, that that we may have, you know, more deaths because the the response it, to uh, gunshot gun shooting victims is slower without shot spotter. That's that's the fear. And yeah, other people are, are worried about this. So now that there's a future without this program, Chip, has the mayor given any idea of how he's going to spend the newly available funds to support Chicagoans facing gun violence on a daily basis? I mean, that's still going to be an issue. Yeah, Johnson's office, um, well, he says ShotSpotter is not going offline until September. That's one thing. Meantime, um, his office says uh, the police and community groups, police and community groups, I'm basically quoting from their statement, will assess tools and programs that increase both safety and trust and then make recommendations on those programs. So basically as a, a replacement for ShotSpotter. And um, I did not take too long for there to be reactions on, on social media that I saw about, well, why hasn't there been that, uh, an effort like that to involve community members in uh, that sort of planning and, and what more can be done against gun violence um, up to now? You know, is this, why, why is this, why is yeah. <laughs> this, this shot spotter disconnection the occasion for that? We'll leave it there. Chip Mitchell is a WBEZ criminal justice reporter. Thanks for checking in. My pleasure, Sasha. This episode was produced and mixed by Brenda Ruiz and was edited by Linnea Dominic. If you like the conversation, please consider leaving us a rating and subscribing. It helps listeners like you find our show. Thanks for listening. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We'll talk again this afternoon. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.